This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,511, recorded April 12th, 2000. Okay, first I'm going to read what I wrote. First is an introduction, I'll read it at the beginning here. <laughs> what happens when you're conservative by bent? <laughs> here I go reading. Returning again, for the present, to my personal metaphorical model of man's individual life being under the immediate local control of three circuits. Red, blue, and yellow, red roughly representing the body, blue the emotions, and the yellow circuit the mind, in which I'd like to point out, even though there's no such thing as divisions in this universe other than for mental purposes and thought-based, I would like to point out that these three circuits, even when I'm talking about them, and they do represent, it is a, of course I'd leave it to you to look, but it is a valid working model of what's going on in humans. Just one way to cut it up, I wanted to point out that these three separately named circuits by my model that these circuits are interconnected, overlapped, intertwined, superimposed, spliced, joined, interlaced, united, incorporated, imbricated, amalgamated, and en rapport. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to use the model of my three circuits in counterdistinction to my other lemming of man in a more physiological fashion. In that the yellow circuit has the capacity to entertain both literal and allegorical data and inasmuch as one's attention can tire from repeated exposure to the same descriptions of the same scene over and over, and in that calling something under investigation by a name other than its common one can aid in fresh insights and discoveries, I invite you to utilize both of your yellow circuits, metaphorical and physiological views, as I offer you the following. I will now read the following. Life feeds the red circuit, the red circuit feeds the blue circuit, and the blue circuit feeds the yellow circuit. And everyone in the chain is adequately fed, save the last link. The brain does not produce enough thoughts to satisfy itself. Thus does it always have room for more thoughts. The ordinary want to fill the empty space while the few want to expand it. Headline, Distinctions Amidst the Wiring. The red circuit wants to run fast enough to catch food. The yellow circuit wants it to run fast enough to win awards. Under certain conditions, it appears that the yellow circuit can exercise some control over the red one. Under all conditions, does the red one do so to the yellow? Hey, demands a voice, who's in charge around here anyway? At which point I point out that only one circuit has the verbal wherewithal to ask what is under the circumstances that most leading of questions. And the yellow circuit asks, where's my medal? <laughs> and the red one inquired, where's the foot bomb? Remember, said the referee, it's all a matter of timing. No, it's not countered the umpire. It's all a matter of location. 
And as the two argued, Red Circuit sat on the bench, head in hand, sobbing. <laughs> a passing hot dog vendor said, I don't get it, but maybe I'm not supposed to get it, seeing as how I'm not actually in the game. An observation that almost explained away the previously seeming enigmatic scene. That is, until the vendor's mother suddenly appeared demanding to know what all of this talk about red and yellow circuits was about and asking for two with mustard and pickles. The red circuit wants to run fast enough to capture food. The yellow circuit wants to talk everything to damn near death. Also a small soda, please. Red and blue circuits have potentials that can always be fulfilled, while such is not the case regarding the yellow circuit. One man who sort of seemed to be a mystic would, for a certain sum, sell you not the secret, but, as he called it, the next thing to the secret, which, when the money was in his hand, he revealed as follows, quote, Never buy the secret from anyone who tells you beforehand that it is complex. And also ponder this, even though something is simple, it may take substantial time to realize it because of its simplicity. And that's the end of his quote. The information this man sold his customers is not new, but each person must rediscover it for themselves. And someone says, but it should be helpful just knowing in advance that the secret is actually simple. Well, it should be, damn it. So why isn't it? But wait a second. Maybe knowing that it is simple is helpful, and I just haven't gone far enough yet for it to be so. The secret, the secret. Yellow Circuit fashions a room with no door, then plays with the notion of there being a hidden way out. I was going to encourage you to ponder that one, but... If the red and blue circuits engaged in such self-bamboozlement, we'd all been dead day before yesterday. That is, I stopped there in the middle of the yellow circuit, conjuring up the idea of a room with no door, and then later playing with the idea that perhaps huh, there's a secret way out. Do I have to point out? Do I have to get theatrical and say, God, no, surely I don't. But hey, don't you see, therein, that is the red and blue not being able to, or do not, bamboos, not bamboozling themselves, but don't you see, therein is the unheralded beauty and talent of Yellow Circuit. It can engage in the unreal and meaningless with no harm done. Well, unless, and here's the big unless, <laughs> unless you take it seriously. Three brothers were once off on a marvelous journey as one of the brothers called it. The only brother, in fact, who could talk. The only brother, in fact, who claimed to know where they were going. When, in fact, none of them knew. But, nevertheless, there they were, off on a marvelous journey. <clears throat> At least according to that one brother. A boy asked his father, how would you define intertwined? And the elder replied, quote, a closeness that is so close that no distinction can be seen. Like, for instance, they exist between you and me. And the lad objected, but I can see a distinction between me and you. We are two separate people. And the father's hand shot up, covering his mouth, 
His eyes bulged in mock astonishment. He leapt backwards while explaining, What? My God, you don't mean to tell me. The yellow circuit can rip your trousers, and the yellow circuit can sew them back together. <laughs> the one thing the yellow circuit cannot do is to look upon anything without ripping it. <laughs> Remember this math. Three into one won't go. Well, except in yellow circuit's view. Just keep saying to yourself, it's all an illusion, it's all an illusion. And even me saying this is a waste of time. Three brothers off on a marvelous journey. There is a man who writes profound metaphorical stories regarding the search for enlightenment and posts them on the internet each morning. Later in the day, his wife posts a follow-up follow message stating that the husband's stories are all frauds and should not be having the profound effect they do on their readers. <laughs> to my mind, this is a hard act to follow, duplicate or understand, but hey, such is the nature of digital showbiz. According to a recent article in the magazine International Cosmology, there is a world on which those wanting to wake up, as it's called, are considered to simply be people with an overactive yellow circuit. The article goes on to say that this is not true and that the article just made it up. <laughs> the footnotes at the end of the article, however, tell a quite different story. According to the sources therein quoted, no one has even believed in the existence of cosmology since 1982, <laughs> which I'm sure is a sizable relief to those people wanting to wake up. There was once three brothers who crammed themselves into a single rocket ship, taking with them the profound metaphorical stories they'd written, and off they weren't, went in search of whatever it was they were searching for. And a nurse winked to the doctor and said, is that a headache you have there, or is your yellow circuit just glad to see somebody to talk to? And on the lost continent of Detroitus, Red circuits weren't allowed to engage in sex until they became old enough to make the yellow circuit shut up for at least two minutes. No wonder they went under. <laughs> what is known? The red and blue circuits know that the time is now and the place is here. Anything the yellow circuit claims to know beyond that is daydreaming. Headline, consider herein both the interconnectedness of the circuits and of the ad hoc dominance of one or the other at various times. This may give you a headache, but... <laughs> if you're feeling at all potentially queasy, turn off the set. Stop up your ears. We could stop all criminal behavior through the administration of specific drugs to those who commit specific offenses Yet we do not. Why? Hint, consider the areas of man's circuitry. Wherefrom such behavior arises, then factor in the circuitry responsible for condemning and controlling same. So I know why now you got a headache. You, either, you didn't listen or you didn't understand it, which I don't blame you. The red circuit gets its exercise through meeting survival needs. The blue circuit gets it, its by tagging along after the red. 
The yellow circuit gets part of its exercise also by being on call to and periodically assisting the red. But the rest of the time, the only exercise it gets is from talking to itself. There was once a dog whose two left legs were twice the size of his right ones. Came from a lifetime of running around in circles chasing his own tail. Pump that iron, pump those sensibilities, and try to pump that other thing. You sure this is not Monday? <laughs> like as old Borscht Belters used to say on a bad night, like, are you the same crowd that was, they just held them over from last night? They're out of rooms, you people are just sleeping here. <laughs> Back to the reading. First guy says, do you realize that was it not for the yellow circuit, we would be unable to pursue our plans for tomorrow. And do you further realize that was it not for the yellow circuits, we would have no plans for tomorrow? Second guy replies, so, what's your point? The first guy says, should I find what I just said to be encouraging, depressing, or maybe something else altogether? Yeah, replies the second guy, that last one. Yeah, the last one. Now the question this little scene raises is this. When presented with two obvious possibilities, why does the yellow circuit normally never conceive of a something else altogether? Don't get hung up on what the road to enlightenment is paved with, cause all that'll do is keep you believing that there is a road. One man says, back when I was fast and totally asleep, everything was simple. But after I woke up a couple of times, I realized, after I woke up a couple of times and realized what is actually going, back when I was fast and totally asleep, everything was simple. But after I woke up a couple of times, I realized what is actually going on. Since then, when I slipped back into dozing, the whole affair now somehow seems more complex and taxing than it ever did. What do you think's going on, he asked. The yellow circuit has a strong and instinctive tendency to snap back into its original shape even after it has been stretched for a time into another. But this fact always remains the same. Simple never changes. Now we interrupt for this late breaker. The mystic police just rushed the office of the headmaster of a certain metaphysical monastery and have charged him with talking about things he actually understands. <laughs> Said a police spokesman, we can have none of that. This would appear to be a continuation of the mystic authorities clampdown on all things simple and straightforward. We will continue to follow this story until we're sick of it. I'm sick of it. P.S. Ever notice how the yellow circuit doesn't tire of things complex like it does things simple? Don't guess there's anything of importance to be gleaned from that. Now for some travel news. One man discovered that no matter which train he boarded, he could get it to take him anywhere in the world, which at first delighted him, but then began to bother him. But then when he figured out what was going on, he no longer cared one way or the other. Wonder what the name of that train was. Hmm, I got a suspicion its name is two letters. And another unrelated story concerning the simple. 
A man asked for a ticket to Saskatchewan, and the ticket agent said, spell it. And the man said, well, make it Ohio. <laughs> and all of the fine folks riding in the sleeping car said, we don't get it. But we're not surprised. After all, we are in the sleeping car. Choo-choo. Y'all. An author being interviewed was complimented on how realistic were his characters and plots. And the author said that he learned his greatest lessons about reality from, and he named another author. Consider, he learned his greatest lessons about reality from books, not from the living of his own life. Believe it. The biggest fans of the Yellow Circuit, of the Yellow Circuit, are other Yellow Circuits. In fact, they're their its only fan. The red and blue circuits know how their bread gets buttered. It gets so through their own efforts. The yellow circuit is dependent on its imagining that others, in theory, support the notion of its bread being so spread. The ability to dream is indeed yellow circuit's Prince Charming, but tis also its Cinderella in a coma. What one is tempted to say in the early stages is that the yellow circuit put me to sleep, and it is the yellow circuit that can awaken me, which is both accurate and not accurate. It is accurate if you don't say it. It's not accurate and terribly misleading if you do. The never heard cry of the alert man is, shut up. Cried himself, that is. One man says, at one time, it seemed to me that the greatest example of the Yellow Circuit's unique power was in the belief and picturing of a life after death. But of late, I've switched to thinking that it is the radio broadcasting of baseball games. <laughs> is the man onto something or not? For what in the universe can compare with the splendiferousness of mental sports? While the yellow circuit is the source of man's technological inventions and artistic creations, it is also the source of his eye, credit for which is never given. And a boy asked his father, can you describe specifically the real difference between people like us and everyone else? Yes, replied the elder, people like us reject yellow circuit's assertion that the thoughts passing through it is us. And may I remind you of an earlier story this week. To know what's going on is to know all about the brain's me switch. A man said, I find thorny plants most impressive, for even after you've cut them and they're laying there dead, step too close and they will still attack you. Another man pondered this briefly and said, that reminds me of how my thoughts work. To which the first man responded, how so? Oh, said the second man, I don't know, it just does. To those with interested ears, one man made the following comments. Quote, fact, the dumber you are, the more yellow circuit passionate you seem. Hmm. Question, how does this come about and what are its consequences? Oh, and one more thing. Just what the hell are consequences and where did they come from? How the hell did they get here? 
What does consequences even mean within a closed system? When people say consequence, do they actually mean influence? And if so, when they still, and if so, then they still have to explain what influence means and what part such a notion could play within a closed system. I trust, friends, you'll forgive my outburst about this, but the dumber you are, the more yellow circuit passionate you seem. And my little instant scene should answer nicely the above question as to what are the consequences of this dumbness. And a boy said to his father, I just hate having to use myself as an example or a guinea pig. And his father comforted him by saying, but you're all you've got. A statement that added just the needed dumbness to the boy's view to snap his eyes wide open. Variation. Red and blue circuit activities are sufficient unto themselves. Yellow circuit ones always feel like something is lacking. You can eat until you can eat no more. You can cry until you can cry no more. But you cannot think until you can think no more. Headline regarding how man's yellow circuit looks at the responsibility of other men's yellow circuit to fulfill its expected obligations. Held in e even greater abhorrence than those who commit uncivil acts are those who do so and refuse to express remorse or agree to change. Ordinary people enjoy horror movies and news of the hard for their ability to raise the temperature of the red and blue circuits and indirectly juice up the activity of the yellow. A certain man happened to ask a real mystic, quote, I have heard man divided into three parts. What do you say to that? And the mystic replied, I say that he could be divided into seven parts. <laughs> seven parts, explained the man incredulously. So the mystic said, okay, 11. <laughs> 11 parts, repeated the man, almost choking in disbelief. All right, my final offer. Man could be divided into one part. <laughs> a parting shot by which the man's head was not high enough to be hit. And now a story that is extremely disturbing, or perhaps exhilarating. From the annals of our secret metaphysical medical files, a certain man who had struggled for years to wake up, but without lasting success, discovered that he was not asleep, but rather had diabetes. You should be ashamed if you don't like that one. <laughs> I thought I had verbally sank low before. <laughs> oh, remember, I said verbally, because this is not low at all. No one realizes that that could be true. Maybe these kind of stories I should just leave in my own head. Maybe they'll only apply to me. <laughs> that can't be so, or you wouldn't still be here. Of course, you have my sympathy if you are that close to me. But you're missing it. If you could not be just wandering around the house or whatever you're doing, whether you've just done something dumb or not, or just realize that your so-called mind had been somewhere southeast of Puerto Rico while you were still in Snellville, Georgia. And you can think, my God, how can I go on like this? How can I continue after all I know after I know what to do, how to do it, after I know everything that there is to know about awakening. How can this go on? Then what if you find out that you had diabetes? I don't know why I picked that. I always liked the name, and, but I 
I vaguely remember, I think it's supposed to make you tired and that you can have it for years without it being fatal and never know it. And that people, if I remember correctly, they just uh, experience extreme fatigue and loss of appetite, just a little lethargic. But hell, to me that fits, that's personally, but that fits perfectly what I call being asleep, my sorriest goddamn state possible. <laughs> And so what if for years? You thought, well, I just can't make it permanent. I know all there is. I've had, you know, she could be more awake than I've ever been many times, and, you know, I don't know about it. So the point is, why do I have trouble making it last permanently? And what if it's not your fault? What if it is not a metaphysical problem? If not diabetes, of course, Gruber's syndrome. <laughs> anyway, a certain man that struggled found out that discovered they wasn't asleep, but rather had diabetes. Follow-up. Red circuit realizations can explain matters in a manner that the yellow circuit can only dream about. It says in the red circuit that a man is, for example, clumsy, aggressive, timid, and in the yellow where he takes note of such things and manages to misunderstand them. The unacknowledged motto of six billion men, quote, I suffer over being me, for I am aware of being me. And a sailor said, if my lookout in the crow's nest was as steady as my keel, I'd by now be anchored in port. A boy asked his father, how do you explain a man who knows what's needed to execute his aim but doesn't do it? And the elder replied, I explain it in one word, laziness. And the lad protested the response. So the father said, all right, in one word, weakness. An answer that still did not satisfy the boy, so the old man offered yet another explanation. Inherent laziness. <laughs> and if you don't like that one, instinctive weakness. The son was still visibly agitated and said, Papa, I am greatly surprised by your responses to my questions, to my question, in that it was personal to me and not theoretical. For I have become truly concerned over the fact that I now have a clear understanding of what I could and should be doing to bring to life that goal I have so long sought, and yet find myself so lax in doing it. And now, under this most delicate of circumstances, you respond to my question about the matter with a brutal directness uncommon in our usual conversations. And his father said, and I do so only because your own understanding has reached the point of causing you to ask such a question. If you now have the ability to ask about such a concern, you must also have the ability to hear it addressed. Fair's fair, my boy, even in the land of dreams. One day, a couple of lifelong seekers of the secret overheard some carpenters as they were discussing how long it should take to complete a job at hand. And after they'd all had their say, they collectively agreed that it was definitely a two-hour job. Their discussion then turned to the question of, then how long will it take us? And one of the seekers said to the other, this scene is far too familiar and similar to our struggle for the goal. Which it made me make up another one on the spot. Man asked him, how long does it take to achieve full permanent illumination? And the mystic said, a lifetime. 
And the man said, what if that's not enough? <laughs> he said, well, for $20, I can touch up your x-rays. <laughs> and a boy asked his father, what is the practical difference between metaphor based on space and one related to time? And the old man replied, I'll tell you the next time you see me. When planning a trip, part of the enjoyment is in the discussion of the plans and speculations regarding the destination. There is, however, one journey in which such activity is a bar to actual travel. The red and blue circuits have no opinions, only instinctively necessary taste. It is left a good old yellow circuit to deal in such tripe as opinions. Headline, a story concerning influences and a few other matters. A father told his son, forget about the circumstances of your upbringing. Your red, blue, and yellow circuits came into this life with their own instinctive predispositions to which the boy protested. But you said that a person and his circumstances are inseparable and are in fact one and the same. And the old man responded, so? What the hell do you think I just said? A retort that required substantial chewing on the lad's part before any nourishment was forthcoming. But when it did, he found it well worth the effort. Was someone's recognition that a man's sense of an individual eye must be called from the general herd of yellow circuit activity. One should also take note regarding the oneness and inseparability of life that in a sense, wider than and external to an individual man's circuitry, there is an endless overlapping and mingling of man's primary and secondary worlds. The only, distinctions being being, the only distinction between them being for the purpose of Yellow Circuit's comments thereabout. A question. Even though all three circuits are necessary for a person to live a fully human life, which of them can be impersonal toward itself? Oh, yeah. And why is it so difficult to remember that it can do so? And concluding tonight's news, may I interest you one more time in a repeat of a story from last night, slightly revised and headlined tonight, The Truth About the Secret, presented in the form of a quiz. The secret is which of the following? The secret is that there is no secret, or the secret is that it is your yellow secret that says there is a secret. Uh, since all this is about the same thing, and it's very hard, well, it's time consuming, and I'm not sure energy efficient to try and pick out single flakes out of a bowl of already mixed oatmeal. I'm going to pick out one that no one seemed to respond to, that on the surface probably has the least to do with matters metaphysical and mystical. And yet if you'll listen to me and let me hypnotize you, I will prove otherwise. The headline was regarding how men's yellow circuit looks at the responsibility of other men's yellow circuit for th those other men's circuits to fulfill their rightful obligations. The story was, 
held in even greater abhorrence than those who commit uncivil acts or those who do so and refuse to express remorse or agree to change. Now those of you that were here and have a good memory, years ago I brought this up, well, I brought it up twice, not in exactly the way I'm doing it tonight. What that says is this, and notice, I'll leave it to you, it's not, it doesn't get pointed out, but it's not just a theory, you can see it. You don't even have to leave the house, you can turn on TV and see it happening. Amongst the six billion, assuming that we're speaking about civilized, ordinary people, uh, the uncivil, those who commit uncivil acts, criminal acts, are held in great abhorrence. As we know, they'll be locked up under certain conditions in certain parts of the world. They can commit acts that are so uncivil, so unforgivable, that the local authorities, the people acting collectively in the name of the state, will kill them, take their own life. But there is one thing, there's one group of people, small though they be, or small though they be to public eye, that are held in even greater abhorrence. And it's really more than just greater abhorrence, it's really a different order. And I chose abhorrence because it's not just distaste, it's not just anger, it's not just, it's almost a kind of cosmic fear what is worse, what is held by ordinary, by the yellow circuits, remember that's who we're talking about, that's what the headline of this, that men, yellow circuits, hold an even greater abhorrence than someone who commits an uncivil act, is someone who does so, then they're caught, they're arrested, and if they're shown to speak or give an interview on television, if they refuse, to express remorse, regret of any kind, and refuse to agree to even try to change. You do not even have to see the people be interviewed, I suggest. Check your own yellow circuit. You could be watching TV, and the sheriff, chief of police of some city came and say, well, we have arrested a man, we have what we consider to be conclusive proof that he murdered the family and burnt down the house. And we have interviewed him. Uh, in fact, uh, for example, just a minimal amount of the evidence we had, he admitted that he did it. And then maybe the reporters start asking questions. Oh, well, what did he say after that? Well, he says nothing. We tried to speak to him about you know, the potential extenuating circumstances, and uh, but he, he expresses absolutely no remorse. He wouldn't say anything other than he did it. But if you find out, that just puts a chill into people and a chill that's of a different order than to hear the initial report that a man killed eight members of the family and burnt down their house. Nowadays, that's so, at any rate, let's say that gives you a small chill. Ooh. But then if you find out that the man expressed no remorse, it helps, just like wine, if it's ripened a while. Maybe it's taken a year for them to finally get him to trial, and he's had a year to sit in jail waiting for trial, the evidence mounting. Of course, my, as I, my story, he had already admitted it. But there he sits. He doesn't even know yet whether the district attorney is going to ask for the death penalty. So here it is a year later. All the time he's had to mellow in jail, he doesn't even look as healthy as he did, of course. And they try to interview him as the trial starts. He will not express any remorse. And here's what's really good, though. I'm getting to the point here in a minute, you know I'm not talking about these activities. 
it's really better if he won't respond at all to the questions about remorse. That makes it even better, that is to say worse. It would take part of the chill off if they say, well, aren't you sorry? And if he says something like, no, I'm not sorry because I hated those people. They've been running over my flower beds. They wouldn't let me go out with their daughter years ago. I've always hated them. No, I'm glad I did it. I submit to you, that doesn't really add much to the original crime. But if there he sits, they brought in a news camera, TV news team, and they're you know, talking to him through the wire, and they say, well, the people out here would like to know, you know that this, this murder is the worst crime that's happened in this community since we've been keeping records. You have put a damn heart-wrenching chill throughout this community. That was one of the most highly respected families and the people are still, a year later, they're still aghast at what you've done. What do you have to say to these people? And I'm telling you what'll do it. The guy just looks. Doesn't make faces, doesn't do something like Just nothing, just looks. Maybe they say, well, aren't you going to say anything to the people? Many people are crying for your life. They want the death penalty. There's even been talk of vigilante activity. It's, you know, people want to break in here and rip you to pieces. What if it was something that perhaps was not uh, that his potential sentence would not be life or life in prison or even death? And they ask, you know, well, not only any sense of remorse, but if there's any way you get out of this, I assume that you will change your lifestyle. Assume that they knew something about his so-called past lifestyle, that he had been a heavy drinker, had been taking drugs, and been a drifter, never settled down and raised a family. And so they ask, well, if you get out of this, I guess, by God, you wouldn't live the same kind of life anymore, would you? I don't know whether you see the difference. I'm getting to the point. Hold on to your bloomers. I'm telling you. Well, you check it. I won't do it good me telling you. If you find someone who has committed an unacceptable act out in life, there were two things that will put a whole other order chill as I said, I picked abhorrence, but I know what I mean, and maybe you will when I finally get to the point. It's worse than just hating the guy or having some sort of theoretical fear like, what's the world coming to? That could happen to me. He lived next door to the people for 20 years. What society? All of that. There are two things, two added characteristics that will move the abhorrence that people have to a whole nother order, and that is if the person will express no remorse and will not agree to try and change. Has anybody already figured out what I'm talking about, why I brought it up? I guess this is really symbolism because it's true, literally, but now I'm gonna tell you what I mean by it and why it attracted me all these years and uh, going to try and highlight it enough for you to turn and look at yourself. Only the yellow circuit deals in such judgments, comments, and reactions to uncivil acts. Only your yellow circuit. Your yellow circuit, if you are one of the ordinary six billion people on this planet, your yellow circuit would expect another fellow human being's yellow circuit, even though ordinary people, of course, don't use and think in these terms, you expect the other person's yellow circuit when the person is caught and their yellow circuit 
is ask about how do, how do you feel about what you've done now that you've had time to think about it? You know, and how will you live your life differently should you live through this? The other person's yellow circuit, no matter how horrendous was the initial crime, the other person's yellow circuit is supposed to, the yellow circuit now is all we're talking about. As much as I can, well, I can separate enough to talk about from everything else, from the other circuitry. His yellow circuit is supposed to express remorse over doing this. And his yellow circuit is supposed to say, which yellow circuits, they, they're not fulfilling their function unless they talk when they're addressed, when they're asked, when it's appropriate. The other person, this criminal, the yellow circuit is supposed to express remorse and is supposed to agree to change. Does anybody know who this uncivil criminal is inside of you trying to awaken. I cannot believe that any of you think about your dozing off and tripping and stumbling and breaking glasses and forgetting to take your keys to the car or whatever else. I can't believe that you think in terms of how abhorrent. But if you were my kind of mystic, if God forbid you're anything like me, abhorrence is not too strong a word. How dare me do that? But if you don't watch it, you'll respond as a yellow circuit would, even to your own condemnation and inquiry, like, I'll never do that again. <laughs> or, jeez, how can I be this dumb, which is an expression of remorse. But instead of, how could I have been so hard-hearted as to kill those people and burn down their house? Well, to me, it's just a bad, figuratively speaking, for me to walk from one room to another and realized that what I went to pick up, I went over there and saw it, looked at it, and then looked up at the wall and saw something else. Then walked back to another room, confident as hell, until I got in the door, and I thought, my God, I killed those people. I killed the possibility of my yellow circuit being under some stable, apparent control, or being stabilized. I killed the chance to at least be minimally awake. But does anybody see this, this certain tort it. French for twist. In our case, what it does is it keeps the criminal activity going on. Because you go, my God, how could I have been so asleep? I'll do better. And see, this is where it's slightly twisted than what it would be out in the real world. Because what this does is keep the criminal activity going on. Because you can accept the abhorrence of it as long as you express remorse over having been asleep, having been under the ordinary influence of the yellow circuit, talking to itself, running in place, getting its exercise, as long as you express remorse and as long as you promise to reform. Should I call it a double tort? Does anybody get it? Because at first you think, well, that's what you're supposed to do. Well, yeah, for 30 or 40 years, but goddamn, grow up. Indifference. Put yourself in this extremely cold-blooded criminal that I pictured who won't even respond. Remember, I said if he did it right, the reason I was trying to juice the example up to its highest possibility, it wouldn't do any good. It would ruin it for this criminal when they says, how does it feel? I bet you are full of remorse now for having done that deed. And he goes, no, I didn't. I'm glad I did it. I'm an evil person. That's almost cartoonish nowadays. Nothing like 
him just staring at you. Not making a face, but he's got the same face as when the reporter says, oh, Mr. So-and-so, we appreciate uh, you agreeing to finally sit for an interview. So he just looks. And so, of course, what we're going to ask is, how bad do you feel now that you've had a year sitting here in jail waiting for trial? Just, you know, what's been going through your heart and your mind now that you've had time to reflect on it? He doesn't make a face. Not, doesn't do, he looks just like he did before the question, just looks at you. Nobody knows that that's somewhere along the way, the way to juice up your own awakening, the way without preferences. They ask the criminal, I guess now you'd prefer that you hadn't done that. And you're supposed to go, oh yeah, oh boy, if I had to do over. Here's the point, if you do that, you will do it over. <coughs> See, that's the difference. Because out in real life, you'd assume if the guy says, oh no, I'll never do it, you know, he could be lying or he could mean well. But that's certainly no assurance just because he says he won't do it, that he will do it. But in what we're trying to do, with the mirror trying to look at itself, with a thing that has no actual physical substance to keep being able to bamboozle itself, then every time you say, oh, there I was again, and even though you don't put in words, you being here, it, you're continually expressing not only your remorse, but you are tacitly saying, well, you know, I'm going to do better. Amen. That assures that you will not after a certain point. And I wasn't being silly when I served 30 or 40 years. I can't speak for everybody, but I, I got a pretty good view of it now. And I'm saying that a person could easily spend a lifetime before they got to the point. And I was trying to slap you around and drag you into the 21st century, or the 22nd, or maybe it's the 17th. It's probably closer to 4,000 B.C., but I just won't make any of you feel older than you already do. If you can find it, I, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. There is a way in which to act toward yourself that's all in the privacy of your own yellow circuitry. That everything you're trying to do, look at it as being your, and it's not just an interview, of course, it is a passionate, it is a subjective, it is an accusatory, interview with that part that operation of your yellow circuit of your mind if you insist that continues to fall into states that have for thousands of years by a few people called being asleep living in a dream being deluded not having a clear saffron view of what's going on as long as you hold that attitude, then you are constantly engaging in an accusatory interview. You're acting as though you're a prosecutor to that part of you that manifests itself in what we normally call being asleep. And that part consistently does what I'm saying. It says, oh, I'm sorry, I'll do better. After a certain point, you've got to be able to see it. What that assures is that you'll continue to do it and won't do better. If you can make it, just stare back at you. The red and blue 
out of the three circuits, there's only one. I put it to you as a question there at the end, trying to trick and soften you up. Out of the three circuits, I put it to you as a question. I said, which one or which ones? I tried to mislead you to tell you the truth. Which ones of the three circuits can be impersonal toward themselves? Of course, it was a trick. Which one? <laughs> there is only one. If the red or blue circuits could be impersonal, we'd have been dead two weeks before yesterday. From one view, or at least from this model, that is the trick. That is the trick that Adam, speaking allegorically, the first whoever discovered, the first man to ever do this, that's what they found out. But as, as everything else, there is a balance. There is a one-handed to it and another-handed to it. As I also pointed out, the red and blue circuits do not deal in opinions. And I'm not just playing with words, I actually mean something. They don't deal in opinions, they deal in instinctively necessary taste. That is, your red circuit has a taste for non-fatal food for humans. It has a taste for food that is nourishing for a mortal, for a homo sapien. The blue circuit has feelings appropriate to a human. We have feelings for our fellow man that other creatures, many other creatures, most other creatures do not seem to show. They do not have opinions. They have instinctively necessary tastes. By that, of course, I mean taste in certain things, in certain behavior, in certain displays of feeling, and in certain feeling internally, feeling that affects you, the feeler, that is appropriate and necessary for survival. It's left to poor old, good old yellow circuit to deal in the truffles and the trap of opinions. Is the way I put it to you, except for this. I'm sure Adam, whoever the first guy was, I picture it this way. Anyway, somewhere along the line, he saw that the yellow circuit runs off of opinions. They're not, they're not instinctive, necessary taste in the same way the red and blue circuit has instinctively necessary taste. It has opinions. Opinions are not programmed in the same way as red and blue circuit taste. They are, comparably speaking, apparently malleable. Were it not for opinions, even though I can make it sound as though, which I was trying to do to shift it back over and get your, snap your attention, make opinions sound as though that they are worthless. They're certainly not in the same category as instinctively necessary taste. But were it not for yellow circuit being able to have opinions which are outside, instinctively, absolutely instinctively programmed A or B, this or that, were it not for that, then we would not have the light. We would not lead the life we lead. In other words, we would not have technology again. So, the yellow circuit has that ability. But it also has another ability that the other two circuits don't have. At first, you could look upon that it has the ability to have opinions. You could look at it as a downside. Well, rats. Well, it's too late to say rats. You know, you got it. But there's an upside. And that's the part that's not realized, is that it can do something that the red and blue circuits can't. And that's be impersonal. It can be impersonal toward itself. Hunger can't be impersonal toward itself. Fear can't. Instinctive anger, defensive anger, cannot be impersonal. It can't be indifferent. Well, you see the consequences. If it was, 
then you've got no defenses. Your survival chances are greatly diminished. The yellow circuit can do something that they can't. Here it is, it has its own instinctive predispositions, that is to, it eats off of food that doesn't even exist, that you can't touch, opinions, ideas, thoughts. But it can also do something, even being in that condition. It can be indifferent to that condition. And I suggest to you, that is the frightening, intensified abhorrence that people would feel to switch it back to the literal world to see a horrific, or a person who had committed horrific crimes to stare right at a camera, not make faces, not bat an eye, and express no remorse when asked, and not even agree. Again, not even flicker an eyelash. Like, well, I might try to do better if you let me go. Nothing. I picked out what I consider to be, obviously, an extreme circumstance for someone to do that. But there they would be doing, playing out what I'm talking about, of being impersonal toward themselves. How much more indifferent can you be? They might spare his life. A jury might if he'd just say, listen, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I snapped. But if he shows up and he won't say anything, just looks at everybody. If anybody wants to look at him, he'll look at him. If anybody asks him a question, he might turn and acknowledge that he looks at him and no response. I'm taking that. I'm presenting that to you as being a symbolic representation of a man being indifferent toward himself. Of course, in that extreme condition, he was being impersonal, indifferent toward his own life, indifferent toward the life of others. He took other people's lives. Let's say he did the most despicable, committed the most, uh, committed the most despicable act that the other six billion people say is possible, and he's indifferent about it. I remind you again of good old Joel Chandler Harris and the Tar Baby. I put this to you all sorts of ways. I put it to you ways that you may not recognize the uh, synonymity, but I point out that if you try to study a system to awaken, well, you got to to start with. Believe that you're studying some system, some method to achieve awakening. But there comes a point that if you don't begin to see what's going on, or if I can't try and force you to get a glimpse of it, and you keep thinking that you are studying some system, whether it be me or reading a book, and that you're actually reading that book or looking at me and thinking that this actually has something really to do with being awake, past a certain point, if you don't see that, you're done for. It's a tar baby. You can say, well, I'm trying harder than ever. Yeah, but it's the point now, the harder you try, the worse it gets. You know, in the old story, I assume you all remember that the rabbit was trying to fool the fox and he got down behind the tar baby. And of course, was talking for him and kept edging, you know, egging on the wolf or the fox until it started hitting him. And then the rabbit, you know, he hit him with one paw and it got stuck. He said, oh, you wuss, you know, you're nothing. So he hit him with another one and it got stuck. They just laughed at him. Like, you're nothing. You can't deal with me. And the wolf's thinking, well, this number of tar, piece of the tar with some you know, rocks for eyes, so he kicks him with his right foot. Anyway, he ends up with all four paws stuck in it, and the rabbit, which was a ventriloquist to the tar baby, and of course was trying to stay out of the fox's grasp to start with while he did this, is laughing like an idiot and running away. Nobody finds that to be strangely familiar. 
What if you could walk past that tar baby and you were the fox and it says all kinds of things like, uh -huh, I'm asleep, I'm an idiot. How can that come as news after all these years? Because <laughs> I'm thinking I know how it can because you can fall for it. And you stop and think, well, I was. And I wrote this story, maybe you see it now if you remember it, about a man who said that when he was back fast asleep, fast and just totally asleep, this whole thing looked pretty simple when he undertook the great struggle to awaken. But he said now, after he'd had enough experience and had times of being, having experiences of being awake, and I realized, he said, that he realized what was going on, he said now the damn thing seemed more complicated than ever. Now that he knew what was going on and knew what to do, of course he didn't leave out, or of course he did leave out the part about saying, now I know what to do and what's going on, I just don't do it all the time. And that seems more complex. The ultimate point is, I feel like my description is fair, it doesn't matter, but someday if you get there, you'll see it for yourself. You can't really care. If you care, you're a dead man. But the care is just in one circuit. The preference, the care. You know, well, you know what I mean by care. I'm sort of a colloquial use of it. That you have any concern. And it's not really to say that you have no concern of whether you're awake or asleep. It's just you have no concern over being asleep. It's like, I'm not going to fall for beating up on myself. That part of me is asleep. What the hell do I expect? It's not its fault. I don't guess we verbally care to step any deeper this time of night. Fill in your own climactic and perhaps semi-humorous punchline in case you're feeling maybe tense from all of this. No need to be tense. And this part of your brain is made out of T-A-R. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest or just leave us a message.